You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a beautiful Friday afternoon, live today at National Law Rex. That means another weekend is here, and we got a big one lined up. Tennessee basketball tomorrow, NFL playoffs kicking up into high gear this weekend as well. A lot going on, a lot to get to, and we will break it all down with you here from 3 until 6 this afternoon on Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, Bear. How are you, sir? Not doing too bad. Everything well back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios? Oh, yeah. Yeah. McClure's dressed up today. It's about the only big news over here. I mean, that's uh, it's good that uh, somebody... Shows a little professionalism in that place. Besides yours, that truly. To me? Uh, you know, I'm not dressed up. Uh, because I know you. Mar- I mean, but you know, but the contest between who's dressed more slovenly today between you and Marcus Young is. I mean, it's, it's a toss-up, quite frankly. Excuse me. He's wearing his. Stinky-looking toboggan I, yeah. and shorts no. and a t-shirt. I, I know what he's wearing. You don't have to tell me. Just like I know what you're wearing, buddy. You have no idea what I'm wearing. <laughs> Marcus, gray T-shirt, khaki shorts. Am I right? Don't know about the shirt because he's he's got something over the shirt. Was he wearing a sweater or something? A vest? A hoodie. Yeah. If he wore a vest, I'd be really thrown off. Today. I don't. I don't wear vests. Yeah. I didn't wear vests with a tuxedo. I'm not a big vest guy. I don't like. How I just feel. wear whatever they stick in the bag. You would. If it's in there, you, I mean, if it's in there, you put it on, right? I mean, yeah. you, you don't have a vest physique, so I get it. What is a vest physique? I mean, it's just a, you know, a more svelte look. Like emaciated you, like you? I, I picture you kind of the, the, the you remember uh, whenever Porky Pig wore his tux and it would be that thing that like oh. rolled up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he could never well, keep get into the down. show here before you step in it much further <laughs> there, big boy. What was that thing? He always, you know what I'm talking about? It lo- it was like a snap bracelet, like front of his tux. You're talking about a cummerbund? No, no. You know what I'm talking like? It would always roll up on him. It like it was. His oh, sh- the- I don't know what those things were, were called. I know what you're talking about, though. It seems like a very inefficient piece of clothing right yeah. there. Yeah, that's probably why it's not around anymore. Yeah. Anyway, we get down to it this afternoon here on Fan Run Radio. We have a very we have two graduates of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting, or FAB, if you will, Rick Butler and Lucas Widespread Panzeka on the show today. Rick from Rocky Top Insider is going to join us here in just a few minutes. We'll get his take on Tennessee basketball as the volunteers get set to head to Baton Rouge for a 4 p.m. tip tomorrow. Bear, we have lost five in a row at LSU. We got to change that tomorrow, man. Four o'clock. 
have not won at LSU since 2015. So, I mean, we're going on uh, eight years since we last won down there. I guess it was I, was that Tyndall or Conzo in 2015? I guess that, that would have been Conzo's last year. No, that was Tyndall. It was Tyndall? Yeah, because I, I looked it up recently because I was curious too. And, yeah, it was during uh, Tyndall's season, the last time we won Baton Rouge. So Donnie Tyndall and Big Gulp were stalking the sidelines the last time the Volunteers won at LSU. Rick Barnes looking for his first win down there. Obviously, every player on the roster as well. LSU's actually pretty much controlled this series recently. They've won six of the last eight with Tennessee. Like I said, man, got to change tomorrow, Russ. Who's going to be the guy? Matt McMahon, Oak Ridge native, is the new coach down there. A lot of Tennessee ties there. He was a graduate assistant here at Tennessee under Buzz Peterson in 2001 and 2002. And they also have Ron Rico White is the director of player development down there at uh, LSU, and if that name sounds familiar, he's a bearded player, I believe, the son of former Vol great Tony White. Really? Yep. Huh. Played at Chattanooga and is now breaking into the coaching scene. Was with, with uh, I've already forgotten the name, uh, McMahon, McMahon, Ed McMahon, hey-o, up there at Murray State before he went to LSU with with Matt McMahon, do you think anybody gets my Ed McMahon reference, Bear? Outside of me and maybe Phil and a few other older listeners, no. <laughs> Ooh, throwing heat here out of the gates. Also, a little interesting subplot in this matchup. Tennessee freshman and 2022 McDonald's All-American Julian Phillips initially signed with LSU, you'll remember, last year before the dismissal of Will Wade. I wonder where he is right now. Like, what the hell's that guy doing? Trying to break into TV. That guy? Maybe trying to get on an NBA bench somewhere, see if there's a G League team he can coach. Fall from grace was precipitous for one Will Wade. Was he the only coach out of all that mess that actually lost his job? Well, I mean, uh, Sean Miller is no longer at Arizona. Yeah, but where where is he now? Sean Miller? Yeah, where is Sean Miller? I, I mean, I, I, he's not <laughs> as good a job as Arizona. Yeah, but he wasn't. He hasn't been cast off into the unknown. Like, for all I know, I mean, Will Wade could be pumping gas. Doubt he's pumping gas, but. Uh, Sean Miller is at Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. What'd you say? Is, it, is anybody punching, uh, pumping gas anymore? Talk about a dated reference. I think Lane Kiffin saying that Alshon Jeffrey would be pumping gas if he went to South Carolina was the last time anybody earnestly used the threat of somebody pumping gas as an insult. Aren't there – I know they're Oregon and I believe New Jersey. There were a couple of states where uh, they had like state law. You couldn't pump your own gas. Why is that like a union thing or a? I, I don't. I, I never could figure it out. 
or, or never understood why. But yeah, it was it was like a law. I think it may still may still be a law in a couple of states. I vague I have vague memories of. I mean, it used to be an option. I don't ever remember going to a place where it was always full service. But I remember there was like the the self service line and the full service line for a while. Yeah, New Jersey's the only one left. There's always an attendant on duty. It's full service law. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I started pumping gas. I mean, I was a full service uh, guy from old man pulling the gas station. Hop out. Pump the gas. Nice. I, You know, it just struck me that maybe I could get my kids to do that, but I don't know that I trust them. I don't trust anybody to pump my gas. You know, is that weird? It's not hard, but I'd be afraid one of my kids would like put diesel fuel in my car or something. Yeah, that and I just, you know, they've kind of found that it's it's not good to just sit and breathe gas fumes. And when you're a kid, you're shorter and you're right there in front of the nozzle. <laughs> so apparently it goes back to the middle of the 20th century. There were, uh, according to this article I'm reading from Monmouth, there were forces involved who wanted to protect their interest in terms of smaller gas station owners against mega gas stations that were starting to be built at the time that require self-service to be profitable and okay money more greed from big gas yeah it was a way small mom and pop gas stations to protect them when the mega gas station craze started in the 50s after i guess world war ii and everybody started driving everywhere Jaden rashada has been released from his national letter of intent with florida knew that was coming where does he go now? I don't know. He ain't getting thirteen million wherever it is. No. Have you seen? Have you watched any film? Have you checked out the film on him? I mean, no, I haven't seen any film, but I've seen the pictures. He's like, I mean, he makes Nico look thick. Yeah. I mean, he's a little beanpole, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he makes uh, Tomba look like John Henderson. He's gonna get broken half playing in this league. It might be better for him to if he can find a lesser league to to get into. Where is he from? Is he a West Coast kid? He is from yeah. He's from California, and then he went California. to IMG for two years, and then he and he went back to California for his last year. I don't know. Being that that skinny would work. I mean, he's pay thirteen million to have a kid sit on the bench while you try and get him beefed up. You can't, you can't be that. And that's one of my big fears with Nico. And I mean, he's 195 pounds is that gives me pause about him playing this year is, uh, better have some meat over those bones. They'll break in this league. Well, have you seen some of the reports on Nico coming out from the Polynesian bowl? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I've, I've reread them like three or four times or I tell you the truth, getting all warm and tingly about it. I wish I knew exactly where this came from. Uh, Joe Willie posted it on twitter and it's gone viral amongst vol nation doesn't give credit so i apologize i don't know who who wrote this but uh reports of nico iamaleava he is at the polynesian bowl in hawaii where he's i think you can actually watch that game tonight on nfl network and check for a kickoff time on that one but uh here's what they wrote here's what's been written about Nico this week. Physically, he looks like he's already added about 7 to 10 pounds of good weight since he has been at Tennessee. He has an elite arm, a tight release, and the ball jumps out of his hand. He changes speeds well and has a natural feel for when to throw with more touch or put more heat on the ball. 
He has dual threat ability and is just as comfortable outside the pocket as he is inside of it. The game has really slowed down for him over the last year, and he should be able to compete for the starting job at UT this spring. How does that strike you, Bear? Uh, I don't know about all that now. I still think it's going to be incredibly hard for a true freshman to come in. And I, mean, I could be wrong. Could Are we in danger wrong. of overhyping this kid? Yes. Uh, here's another blurb about him. No one came into this week with more hype than Iyama Leava, and he has definitely lived up to it. We've said it a thousand times, but we'll say it again. He has arguably the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this year's loaded 2023 class, and it's tough to imagine a scenario where he doesn't succeed at Tennessee. Physically, he has all the arm talent you could want and is a high-level athlete as well. He's a tough kid who can beat you in multiple ways and has drawn raves from his coaches this week for his leadership, work ethic, and how coachable he's been. Oh, man. I can't wait. Can't wait. I mean, is the, if this kid ends up being better than Hendon has been the past two years, which, I mean, just reading the tea leaves, it sounds like that's possible. We have... Adequate offensive line protection, better running back play, good receiver play, get a better tight end, a more you know dynamic tight end. Say Ethan Davis has has panned out by the time yeah. Nico assumes the controls. Then whoo, whoo, be pretty nice. That game is at 9 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network tonight. So we led the league in uh, the nation in total offense, averaging, I think, 47 points a game this past year. Do you think Hypo could ever hit 50? Could we average half a hundred for an entire season? I don't know, man. I'd be pretty happy. Where did we get to this year? What did you decide? I, I want to say it was 47. I never thought 47 would be possible in this league, but never say never with Hypes. The, the thing that would stop him is he's beating people so badly that he's taking Nico or whoever the quarterback that year happens to be out early, calling off the dogs. We called off the dogs a couple times this year. Yeah, but Big Joe, uh, I mean, if you call that calling off the dogs. Yeah, but, I mean, we could like have left in. Here. You could have um, – I mean, Gaston Moore played in a bunch of games. Yeah. Joe made some big – he had what? Joe had double-digit touchdown throws this year. Like 12 with no interceptions. Mm. Well, quarterbacks don't throw a lot of picks. So far. Let's Knock on take wood. a quick time out here. When we continue, Rick Butler of RockyTopInsider.com joins the fray. We'll get his thoughts on Tennessee basketball tomorrow down on the bayou. His thoughts on the Nico buzz as well. Stay tuned. The drive just scratching the surface of a Friday afternoon edition of the show. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. The drive continues here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith coming to you live this afternoon from National Rx on a beautiful Friday afternoon. And let me tell you more about the new clinic they have set up here at National Rx where you can come and see a nurse practitioner and get a prescription 
for sildenafil and get it filled right here in your one-stop shop, National Rx. There's some exciting new studies out there about sildenafil. We're going to share with you this afternoon uh, the benefits as well as nitric oxide, the tablets you can get here without a prescription for uh, no prescription required for nitric oxide. They've got that, the free test you could take here to test your levels. Lots of cool stuff going on here at National Law Rex. And if you want to stop by, today's a great day to do so. We're at 11134 Kingston Pike, right next to Wendy's in Fairgate. It's a beautiful day. Come on in, say hello, talk to one of the friendly pharmacists here about whatever is on your mind this afternoon. Get Rick Butler in here from Rocky Top Insider. Rick, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey there. Good afternoon, Russell. Hello to Marcus and Bear as well. Guys, I'm doing great. Hopefully everything is going good for you uh, over in your neck of the woods as well. So far, so good. You know, Rick, I'm sure you've seen this uh, floating around out there. Tennessee is one of only two teams right now, two athletics programs, to be ranked in the top 15 of football. Excuse me, men's basketball and baseball. Uh, they are the only team to be ranked in the top 10 of all three sports right now, with baseball getting fired up in Tennessee at number two in most of the preseason polls. So, uh, number nine in, in basketball, finished number six in football. These are pretty good times, to say the least, on yeah. Rocky Top, and a good time to be at Rocky Top Insider, I would imagine, Rick. <laughs> Yes, it is. We're having a lot of fun over here at Rocky Top Insider. Who was the uh, – I actually did not see that, but I can see where it all tracks. Who was the other team? I, I'm kind of curious to know that was right there in the top 15. Who, take, a, take a wild guess. Uh, well, my original thought was maybe Florida, uh, but I think basketball and football, they're out of it. Uh, is it, is it Alabama? Mm, give you a hint, Rick. Big 12 school. Is it, is it Texas? No. <laughs> You're close. It's a Big 12 school in Texas. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, Baylor, Texas, uh, Texas Tech. Nope, nope, nope. Where am I, on, where am I going wrong here? Somebody help on, me Rick. out. I got to phone a friend. Where's Brandon Oric when I need TCU. Him? The uh, Horned TCU. Frogs okay. of TCU. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really impressive. And you just go back to the, you know, the 2021 early in January. I guess it was just about two years ago, maybe even this week, when Tennessee brought in both Danny White and Josh Heupel in just a couple days from each other. You, you really look at the trajectory of what's been going on at Tennessee since then, and, and it has been phenomenal. Obviously, somebody like Tony Vitello and Rick Barnes were already in place beforehand, but you can see how much their programs have enjoyed the success and the continuity uh, that Tennessee Athletics has right now. And then obviously football, which is the cash cow of the city, the cash cow uh, of the university, of the sports department. And you really see how that has changed in the last two years. So, yeah, if you're asking me, I look back to that January 2021 when they brought in Danny White and Josh Heupel and think about just what all has changed since then. Two years, man. Two years since... Pruitt was was canned there, and, and look at where they are right now, uh, Rick. I mean, it's the healthiest football has been probably since you've been following it. I mean, they've gone from being just lost, just totally lost, to arguably, um, you know, that 
upper tier. I mean, maybe right below. I mean, they beat Alabama this year, uh, but uh, they're in the conversation as the best football team in the SEC. Well, and, and you know, to go back a second ago as well, um, what we just said, so today is what, January 20th? It was January 21, 2021, that Danny White was officially hired as Tennessee's athletic director. So it, it is two years ago tomorrow since that hire was made, and, and I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it has been – it has been a revolutionary difference in Tennessee. I remember even during my days in college over there, uh, you know, before the before the Danny White era, if you will, and things were miserable at times. Things were going downhill. It was not, you know, there was not widespread continuity throughout the athletics department. But I really think you look at it now, and you can see each spoke on the wheel is really chugging along nicely. I know this is not a weak, weakest link on the chain type of situation, right? Other you know, different sports can have different success at the same time. But when you do have all of that success at the same time, again, I think it really just shows that, man, things are turning over at Tennessee and the gears are working pretty nicely. Well, and look, we can debate and nitpick exactly how much credit Danny White deserves. He didn't hire Rick Barnes. He didn't hire Tony Vitello. Um, he, I don't think Josh Heupel was his first choice, but <laughs> – he, he's presided over this, so, I mean, you got to give credit uh, to him. And I, I think for uh, Tennessee fans, it, what, it could, you can call it luck if you want, but they were due some luck, right? I mean, everything that yeah. this fan base has been through, I think they are well-deserving of a little luck. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that Danny White has – you know, you're right. I, I think maybe we have not seen him go out and hire a – uh, a basketball coach or a baseball coach, and, and maybe that eventually comes way down the road. But I do think he's built up enough trust with the fan base that, you know, people are going to be acceptant of, of whoever that may be way down the road. But you also think about just the fan animities that he's brought in and, and some of the some of the experiences that he's brought, whether it's the, the big orange block party to the baseball playoffs, whether it's the, the new baseball stadium that's being put in, whether it's some of the other renovations, the ball signs that went up, the Neyland renovations. I know that some of these things were in the works again beforehand, but just so much of, I think, the fan experience that he has brought to the table. Uh, the, the Tennessee fan base, as we know, does not need any more of a reason to get amped up, but they certainly do when they go to the stadium and they see the things like the Vols letters, when they see that Lindsey Nelson Stadium is going to get, man, some, some really nice additions out there in the outfield or on the third base side, you know, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of trust, at least, that's being built between the Tennessee fan base and the Tennessee Athletic Department you know, the top dogs over there, which is a really important relationship to have. Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider, our guest on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this afternoon. Rick, what's your take on all this buzz around Nico Iamaleava? Obviously, he's a five-star prospect, but he goes up to number one overall prospect in the country on on three this week. Now he's out at this Polynesian Bowl drawing rave reviews from everybody who sees him. I think we all kind of assumed coming out of the Orange Bowl that, all right, Joe Milton, he's he's at least got this thing sewed up through spring practice and, and mm-hmm. into the first couple of games of the season. Do you think that Nico is going to be able to put himself into a position to be able to play for Tennessee as a true freshman? Yeah, that's a really tough question. Um, my original thought is, is no, not necessarily, because I do think that Joe Milton put, him, put himself in a good position. Now, and, and we're not talking – garbage time here are we we're not talking you know the late in the third or late in the fourth of a blowout you're talking about actually being on the field for Tennessee in the first quarter in the second quarter being Tennessee's starting quarterback I I think you know and obviously there are 
so many things. There, there's almost infinite things that could happen between now and the start of the season, now and week three or four of the season that could change this. But to me, I, I do see Joe Milton being Tennessee's starting quarterback next year. I do think that his experience, his versatility, his just, I think maybe his maturity, and then obviously what he showed you in the Orange Bowl, which was an impressive performance. That was not the Vanderbilt game where they just said, hey, Joe, we just need you to hand the ball off in the rain. We need you to make a couple passes down the field, but ultimately we're going to win this game either way. This was a tough game where Joe Milton did have to lead the offense and make those passes against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Now, I, I do think that, you know, man, is there a situation where I guess Nico Imaliava could come up and he's obviously going to have plenty of voices behind him if Joe Milton is struggling? Yeah, I think that's absolutely a possibility on the table, especially if Nico is as good as advertised right now early on to his career. But, you know, I was actually talking about this with Ben McKee yesterday uh, up on campus. It's really fascinating looking at Joe Milton right now. If he has a good year, I think that he could be a top five NFL draft pick based on the way some of these other guys are getting projected right now. If he has a bad year, though, he's going to get benched for a true freshman. So there's a lot of different ways his season could go. But I do think that Joe Milton is your starting quarterback going into the season next year, despite all the hype uh, that the Internet is producing right now. Well, if Anthony Richardson from Florida is a first-round pick, yes. like you're seeing a couple of drafts, I mean, there's no reason that Joe Milton can't be. Exactly, right? I'm not even saying he has to be a Heisman contender. I'm just saying, hey, if he has a good season and Tennessee is good, I think that he is absolutely going to be in the conversation for a top 10 pick. Uh, I think, And that's kind of crazy to think about, but hey, would you rather have Anthony Richardson or, or Joe Milton III right now if you, were, uh, if you were the Titans' new general manager over there, Russell? Uh, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the right answer. But it's, it's, you know, the <laughs> Trey Lance. crazy to be having right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's the NFL. It is. What, what about your boys, man? How about your Cowboys? I'll give credit where credit's due. I thought they were going to take the L Monday night down there at Tampa, and they come out there and just absolutely grind the Bucks up. Well, I was going to be honest. If you didn't mention the Cowboys here in the next two or three minutes or so, I was going to hang up. I felt a little disrespected by that. The Cowboys, America's team, are, are just oh, a God. Here we go. right through the playoffs of the National Football League. This is an unstoppable train that is not even going through Dallas. It's going through other sections of America en route to the Super Bowl. Russell, this thing is already tied up Sunday night against the 49ers. Brock Purdy? Are you kidding me? No. No, his bubble has to pop. Say what's going to pop is uh, this guy Barry, they, they went Dax one head. playoff game and now all of a sudden the rest of the league is just going to lay down and let the Cowboys roll over them. You believe yeah. this kid? Yeah, he's he's a punk and a clown. Hey, not Russell, gonna happen. I have a I have a uh, TV show for you to for you to try out. It's very good. What's that? It's called The Last of Us. Now it is based on a video game. It did just come out last Sunday, but do not let that scare you away. It is one of the it's one of the best starts to a TV show that I have ever seen. It's called The Last of Us. Who who's in it? I've I've se- I saw the preview. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Yeah, it's 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 like a new take on zombies, but it's Pedro Pascal and then the girl who played I think no, was, what was yeah, her? it's like Little Bear from Game yeah. of Thrones or what? The little girl. No, yeah, it's two um, Game of Thrones Mormon. It's, it's the guy who played yeah. Prince Oberyn. Yeah. And and the girl who is uh, Queen in the North or, or Lady yeah, the Little uh, Girl. 
she was a uh, Lady Mormont. Yeah, Lady Mormont. Lady Mormont. Yeah, there you go. So it's they're both show. in it, and uh, it's Sunday nights. It's it's the Game of Thrones model they're giving it uh, with the Sunday night releases one at a time. It is phenomenal. I, I think you would very much enjoy it. They're zombies. Yes. Yeah, it's a, like Rick was saying. It's a different style of zombies, but yeah, it's it's under the same umbrella. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't. I didn't play the video game myself. It's based on like one of the biggest video games of all time. So, but the TV show is excellent. I think you'll like it. Is it? Uh, how do you like your zombies? Do you like your zombies slow and plotting, or do you like them really <laughs> fast and hyper aggressive? Are you saying like Zombieland versus The Walking Dead? Basically, yes. I don't know. There's there's good moments for each, but I, I kind of if you if, if I had to watch it on a regular basis, give me the Zombie Land zombies. I think you can just do more hijinks and pranks with those guys. I don't know. Well, the ones in in World War Z. Those those guys were aggressive. Those guys felt like they were on some some serious levels of uh, you know that was like the movie Cocaine Bear, but with zombies. Uh, cocaine zombies, I guess. Uh, those those ones were terrifying. Oh, they brought the noise. They brought the noise. All right, so uh, you got Cowboys beating the uh, 49ers this week, which (laughs) I don't know, 49ers are a four-point favorite there, Rick. I want to count your chickens before they hatch. And then you would play the winner of Giants-Eagles for a trip to the Super Bowl. Who do you think will win that other divisional matchup between NFC East foes? I think it'll be the Eagles, and I don't even think it'll be close. Uh, which is crazy that three out of the four teams left in the NFC are all from one division. But I, I do think that, that the Eagles are going to run away with that game. Oh, Philadelphia, the filthy Eagles, I do think are going to uh, make it to the NFC Championship, and they're going to be hosting over there. It would be kind of cool to see an all-NFC East NFC Championship game. Yes, it would, but I will, I will say, and I will speak for the people, you know, here of East Tennessee who, who, you know, probably don't care. Although America's team is everywhere, I think there are a lot of people here who are going to be watching that game rooting for the dog, number 15, Jawan Jennings, for, uh, for, the, for the 49ers. Shouldn't the Titans be America's team considering they're red, white, and blue? Oh Just throwing God. that out there. Uh, I don't know if you can be America's team if you started in Houston, if you have that stench attached to you still. I don't know. That's t- And I'm not even saying that as a knock to the Titans. I'm saying it as a knock to Houston all those years ago. There's a Houston catching a stray here. What's wrong with Houston? Uh, we, don't like, we don't like Houston, Russell. Uh, that's, that's, that's always been true. They're, they're dirty. They're gross. You know, we, don't, we don't like the city of Houston. Wow. Texas tribalism on display here from uh, yeah. the Prince of Plano, Rick Butler, <laughs> with us this afternoon. Hey, it's an hey, all... real quick, before, uh, before we get to the yeah. Tennessee sports, my dad, you know, my dad over there kept up in Plano. He, he had a knee replacement surgery like two days ago, so he's been oh. listening to you guys, and uh, he, he always enjoys your show, but, uh, you know, he, he would have said hello if he could. Shout out to Warren. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he's up and mo- they say you got to get up and moving right away, right? Uh, hopefully uh, he's feeling better. Yeah, he. I think he got it like two days ago. So you know, he's trying to get back up on its feet in the next couple of days. But that sounds like a terrible thing to have. You got to replace your whole knee. I mean, I know that. You know, I hope I don't have to do that later on in life. That seems yeah, like you a will. Stink. I mean, you're you're cut from his cloth. <laughs> you probably will. It's in the genes, right? 
<laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But sorry for the tangent. Let's get back to Tennessee, whatever you have please, on the menu left. Please, please, as we visit with Rick Butler. To, by the way, an all-fan-run Academy of Broadcasting edition of the show, Lucas Widespread yeah. Panzeek is going to be on with us in hour number three. And we'll talk Titans with LP coming up a little bit later. But, Rick, I want your thoughts on Tennessee basketball volunteers Man, that was a tough one against Kentucky. I don't think our fan base is quite over it just yet, but you got to pick up the pieces, keep moving. LSU, I didn't realize Tennessee's lost five games in a row in Baton Rouge to LSU. LSU's won six of the last eight against the Volunteers. Now, they've lost. LSU's lost five in a row this season. So you need to – this is a game Tennessee needs to go down there and win, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I would absolutely say so. And I think that this is a game that Tennessee can win absolutely if they play their game. And, and we've seen them struggle a little bit and still be able to win these games. And Again, I, I do consider LSU to be in that category, considering what you just said. L- LSU has lost five straight, and I think three of those five have been on the road, so they are going to be excited to get back home. But they also just lost at home earlier in the week uh, to Auburn by over – uh, or by nearly 20 points, it looks like. So this is a, an LSU team that is struggling. This is an LSU team that has 13 new players along with their new coach. So a lot of their early part of the season, including the early stretch of the SEC season, is still kind of meshing together. So I don't look at LSU as providing too much of a challenge for Tennessee. Ultimately, I think we know that when you're playing these mid-conference teams, if, if Tennessee plays their own game, it seems like they're going to win these games mostly. It, it To me... It's less about what LSU is going to do. It's more about how Tennessee is going to you know, effectively go through this game on the offensive end of the court. But it is fascinating. I was talking to my, my coworker, Ryan Shumpert, earlier today. He was saying he was looking at the Ken Palm uh, rankings and projections, and they actually have this game projected as the same exact final score that Tennessee beat Mississippi State by. So Ken Palm says that Tennessee's going to win this game 70-59. to 59. I think that's a fair range to be in, kind of that – anywhere from that 8- to 14-point range of a victory. That's kind of what I'm expecting with a uh, a very kind of put-together, good, but very put-together, not-all-the-way-there-yet LSU type of team. Now, and, and I don't know if you know this, but I'm wondering if that projection takes into account Vescovy. Like, is he playing in that projection? Is he healthy? Me personally, Rick, I, I would – Air on the side of caution. I mean, they're, they're able to beat Mississippi State without him. You should be able to handle LSU without him. I would probably rest him because that's a that's not a good injury to have going forward. I mean, Tennessee, if if they're going to do anything at all in March, and I know people, a lot of people just don't have a lot of high expectations for Tennessee in March under Rick Barnes, but if they are going to do anything at all in the postseason, that kid's got to be healthy. In, yeah. in, in shooting fine, and uh, you, you can't go in there with him anything less than 100%, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Russell. I think you look, at when, you look at when that injury kind of started to flare up right at the end of November, early part of December, but to me what was concerning was that you saw how easily it was flared up in that Kentucky game. All it took was one hard fall kind of on that left shoulder to really get it bothering him again. That, to me, does make me nervous, and that, to me, is the type of play – that can happen on any court at any point in time. So to me, I, I would want Tennessee to kind of take their time a little bit, getting him healthy, not obviously, you know, any amount of time that develops any kind of rust or anything, but I would take this cautiously for Tennessee because I think that they're in a fine spot right now. Again, even with the loss on Saturday, Kentucky, I think they're in a fine spot. They're going to be fine moving forward. 
Now, I'm actually looking at the LSU game notes right now from Tennessee, and Santiago Vescovi is not listed in the starting lineup. That was kind of expected. He did go through practice yesterday, but it was very much on a limited basis. So we, we saw him at you know plenty of times kind of off to the side going through just stretches, but then other times we did see him in the game, or excuse me, in the practice game, kind of going through those motions as well. So he looked all right. I think you can tell that obviously this is a lingering injury. I don't expect to see him too much tomorrow, but I will talk about one other guy, Tyree Key. He obviously missed the game on Tuesday because of an illness. He does look to be back and good to go. He is in the probable starters lineup. All right, there you have it. Rick Butler of RockyTopInsider.com. Check him out there for all the latest on Tennessee football, basketball, and baseball. Just around the corner, Rick. I know you and Ryan are very excited about that over at RTI. Yes, I, I, we are. We are extremely excited for baseball season. I will also say that one of the one of my favorite parts about baseball season is your interviews with Tony Vitello. Obviously, jam or not a jam, I, you know that's one of the staples of Knoxville radio at this point. So, baseball time is always a fun time around here. I'm looking forward to it. No doubt, we're fired up about it. Rick, have a great weekend, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Hey, thanks, guys. It is always a pleasure. It's one of my favorite parts of the week to jump on with you guys. Take it easy. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Rick. That is Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. You can check out Big Orange Phillies this weekend if you're looking for a spot to get out and have a couple of cold beverages, maybe a Philly cheesesteak, something like that. 6625 Maynardville Pike in Halls. Great spot. Big Orange Phillies. They've got pool tables all over the place, darts, karaoke. It's kind of that throwback sports bar, sports bar vibe that you just don't uh, get too much. Uh, but, but I miss it. I always love going into Big Orange Phillies where you get – that old school feel going on. BigOrangePhillies.com is the website. Check out their full menu there. You can get it delivered via Grubhub. Big Orange Phillies will open up the phone lines to you when we continue. Stay with us. The Drive on Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back to Drive Continues here on Fan Run Radio live this afternoon at National RX in Farragut. Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, he's delusional about the Cowboys. He's got some issue with Houston. I don't understand that since he is a native Texan. Um, I guess it's similar. We have some issues with Memphis. Sure, it's rivalry. In-state along, rivalry. Along those lines, uh, just proud of Rick, man. It's come a long way. The Last of Us. Are you? What do you think about that? Are you willing to take that? No, ride? that's one of those goofy ass shows that like Marcus and Rick and wow, uh, some of the young it's, guys. Hey. And it's based on a video. I'm not big on the TV shows based on video the, games. It's and the I, exact same tone you took with Game of Thrones. That right there. What you just said. I, that's the exact same vibe you struck a, when everybody a, a was little bit. To tell you how good Game of Thrones was. I am really do not i don't like zombie stuff man freaks me out the undead can i can i give a little bit of a caveat to can to give you an idea uh, I, sure i so, can't believe you used caveat uh, you know try to strengthen my vocabulary uh so basically in the in the game and what they're doing the show it's more of a fungus than someone dying and being reborn so like the, the fungus like spreads from person to person, it almost does like a puppeteer type thing, takes control of their body. So they are zombie-like, but they're not like the undead, I guess. Can it, like, is it curable? 
Um, so that's part of like the the gameplay and what the show is going to be doing is that there seems like there could be, but it's it's kind of I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to ruin it. But yeah, it's it's really really good. The game is fantastic, and the show I've seen the first episode already, just like Rick, and it's. It's so good, like already. And Pedro Pascal is one of my favorite actors. He's he's awesome. All right then. I think you guys would like definitely Russell. I think you would really be into it. Um, and I think if Bear would give it a chance, he might be into it too. All right. Derek Dooley noted taking this under advisement, folks. You need to take this under advisement. Seventy thousand patients were recently studied in a uh, study that is available online, uh, sildenafil study. And uh, what they found was that sildenafil actually reduced heart attacks by 25% in those 70,000 patients. And and this study was conducted over uh, 20 years. So long time coming here. They also found that uh, nitric oxide enhances blood flow throughout the entire body and uh, improves cardiovascular health and energy levels. Great reasons to come down to National Rx and see their new clinic right here inside the pharmacy. They can prescribe sildenafil and nitric oxide requires no prescription. And you can walk in here. The nurse practitioner, Amy, uh, is here on Fridays. So you can walk in and see her or you could call down here and Make an appointment. Just go to nationalrx.com and find the phone number and call down here, and uh, they will help you out. Pretty, pretty cool stuff going on down here at National Rx. Just 50 cents a tablet on the sildenafil. You see some of these online retailers charging as much as $3 a pill. You can spend six times less on the exact same stuff here at a locally owned and operated pharmacy. It's National Law Rex 11134, Kingston Pike in West Knoxville, right next to Wendy's. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you. Get the hookup down here at National Rx. Lucas Panzica coming up here in hour number three of the drive. So we will go open lines until then. 865 865- Five four six eight two zero zero, your number to get on the show this afternoon. Five four six eight two zero zero, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We've got Tennessee basketball tomorrow at LSU, so it's a four p.m. tip, which means um, a two-hour game or so. Six p.m. start time for voluntary reaction. Perfect. Live on Twitter Spaces, we'll be able to watch the NFL playoffs while we while we chit chat amongst friends. Hopefully. Breaking down another Tennessee basketball win. Our first win down there since 2015, it would be. We really need to win this game tomorrow, man. It's one of those games, You, it's not going to be, you're not going to get any credit. It's not going to boost your strength of schedule or anything like that. But it's it's a game you need to not lose more than you need to win, right? Yeah, 100%. You need to go down there and get that W tomorrow. I wonder what their crowd is going to be like. I was watching some of their game Wednesday night against Auburn, and there was nobody there. It was kind of sad. Well, I mean, they've, you know, I mean, their whole basketball program imploded, and they'd, you know, Will Wade had kind of had them on the, uh, what do you call it, on the up. 
They were on the up, yeah. I mean, they were they won an SEC championship, I believe. Uh, pretty much lived in the tournament while he was down there. Yeah, he was doing a, the thing. What a bullet we dodged with that guy, didn't we? Remember the caller Willie was uh he was a huge Will Wade fan. Oh, he wasn't the only one. Uh, Chris Dorch, who, oh, who yeah, I, I know love, Dorch man, loves is him. one of the best basketball writers out there and uh really knows his stuff. I mean, he was singing I remember uh, a couple of times when I think when Conzo left, you know, he uh Dorch was was saying we should hire him and then when you know, Tyndall flamed out after one. He's like, you know, he's he's still out there. You still get him because I think he was still at UTC at that point. Did he go to V or um? Yeah, he went to VCU after that, right? Yeah. So he he was out there for a while, and then he ends up getting the LSU job. That would have been such a Tennessee hire, and we would have gone to the mat for him. Oh yeah. And we would have had to blow him out, and we would blame the NCAA for it. You know all the things we would do. Oh, yeah, and just when you put that on top of what we had going on with uh, cornbread. Wow, that would have been a dynamic duo. Can you imagine oh. those two on campus at the same time? I guess they did have Will Wade and Ed Ogeron. It can't be much worse than that. No, nah, we would have gotten, I mean, could have gotten the, the death penalty. I mean, your basketball program and your football program. We'd have definitely been a baseball school then. Yeah, yeah, would have been not good, Bob, as they say in the trade. Let's get some phone calls going here. 865-546-8200 is your number to get up with us here this afternoon, 546-8200. So, yeah, we'll be with you 6 p.m.-ish. It is Twitter Spaces exclusive voluntary reaction. We're in the... In the 21st century here on Fan Run Radio, doing the internet thing. Having a lot of fun with those, by the way. Tyree Key sounds like he will be back. Vescovy practiced yesterday, mostly off to the side, just shooting with a trainer. I, like I told Rick, man, I, I wouldn't push him tomorrow, Bear. If there's if he's sore at all, I'd say just, just sit him. Yeah. It sounds like Key's going to be back, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine. I mean, no reason. Uh, we'll need him more in the weeks coming up. And in bigger games coming up. More so, so than tomorrow. So, but I'm with you on that. A couple of things to watch for early in that game. In four of Tennessee's first six SEC games, the Vols' opponents have been scoreless at the first media timeout. That is just a remarkable run that they are on defensively during league play tennessee's average lead at the first media timeout is 6.1 points or a score of 9.3 to 3.2 so we actually we come out of the gates firing at least on the defensive side of the ball we'll talk more about it when we continue send things back to marcus your top four at four coming up next right here on the drive more fan run radio stay with us 